Welcome to Your DIY Health here on the Truth Frequency Radio Network. I'm your host, Sergeant Jim Ram, retired. You can call me Sarge. It is Tuesday, March 22nd, 2022, and this program is meant to present nutritional information only and is in no way meant to replace the advice of a competent medical professional, assuming you can find one. I'm not a doctor, and that's a good thing. In my opinion, the doctors most people go to see when they have a health issue, MDs, wrapped around the axle of their training. Unfortunately, their training is in drugs and surgery, and it doesn't equip them to treat the over 900 chronic health issues that are proven to be a result of a nutritional deficiency. I'm simply someone who's been studying under the tutelage of one of, if not the top nutritional authorities in the world, Dr. Joel Wallach. I don't treat diseases. I don't even treat people. I simply advise people how to give their bodies the raw materials they need to support and maintain good health, and when the body has what it needs, it'll fix itself. The body wants to fix itself. The body knows how to fix itself. It has a God-given innate ability to do so. The only thing it's missing is the raw materials. And when you put those back into the mix, stand back and wait to be amazed because your body's going to do some really cool stuff. Now you can visit my website at yourdiyhealth.com. That's Y-O-U-R-D-I-Y, like do it yourself. Health, H-E-A-L-T-H, yourdiyhealth.com. And there's all kinds of information there. All the products we talk about are there. If you have any questions about anything, hit the Contact Me button. It gives you the option of calling and leaving a message or sending an email. Either way, we'll get back with you as quick as we can, usually within a few hours. And we'll do everything we can to get your questions answered and get you on the right track. Also, while you're there, be sure and hit the Radio Shows tab. At the top of the page is the link to the archive page set up through castbox.fm. Pushing 800 shows up there now, and they're all annotated as what we talked about. They're shareable via email and social media, which we encourage you to do, and just have fun with it. And if you scroll down a little further, you'll see the information about the shows we do, when they're on, and how you listen. And then at the bottom of the page is the link to the Facebook page set up for the show, as well as the Telegram channel. And Telegram is where it's at these days. If you're not on Telegram, you should be. It's the one place that until recently hasn't done any uh, censorship that I know of, but since this crap started up over in Ukraine, for some reason, this Russian company is starting to um, ban Russia Today News. Why, I don't know, but they have. But other than that, I haven't seen any instances of uh, censorship, and it's a great place if you want to get information about just about anything. There's groups over there for all kinds of stuff. But uh, just click on the link, and you'll be in the URDIY Health Group. And um, we got lots and lots of members over there now, and uh, posting stuff just about every day. Uh, depends on what's going on, but just have fun with it. And uh, then... While you're there, also hit the links button. At the top of the page, you'll see a little money tree. And that takes you to our sister site, yourdiywealth.com. 
exactly the same address. You just change the first H to a W. And it takes you to our other site, Your DIY Wealth. And while you're there, make sure you hit the Hyperverse tab. It is a phenomenal system that gives you the opportunity to take advantage of the crypto industry without having to worry about market volatility. And that's a big thing with, with cryptos. They're constantly going up and down, but not this program. It's steady as a rock, goes every single day exactly like it's supposed to. And there's videos there that show you how you can capitalize on the next mega trend that's greater than the Internet and mobile phone revolutions combined. And they'll teach you how you can learn to become a part of the dynamic hyper community and experience the incredible benefits of membership. And they are incredible. They have changed my life in the last oh, eight months or so. Uh, I started in May of last year, and it is just unbelievable how this thing has grown for me and it works for everyone that's the best part there's no well i'll give it a try you get in and it's going to do its thing period <laughs> it works like a charm and every single person that's ever gotten into it is still in it because it works for everyone so uh, watch the videos if you have any questions hit the contact me button and i will do everything i can to answer your questions and get you on the right track and get you set up because right now, the way things are going in this world with all the talk about cashless society and bank failures and everything else, the last thing you want to do is have all your financial eggs in one basket. And this gives you the option to get outside of the uh, centralized banking system. And you can have a debit card that you can uh, take your rewards and dump onto and spend anywhere in the world. And I have two of them, and they work fantastically. And uh, anyway, check those things out. Have fun with it. And if you have any questions, just uh, give me a shout, and we'll get those questions answered. Got to love it. And I'm just cleaning some things up here on the screen, making a little room, and we're going to sally forth. <laughs> All righty. They, you know, yesterday was the first full day of spring. And it was an absolutely beautifully glorious day here in central Ohio. Uh, hit just above 60, and it was sunny, and just a, just a fantastic day. Now today, not so much. <laughs> it's overcast. It's supposed to be raining right now, but it's not, thank goodness. But, um, yeah, we're getting into the monsoon season here in Ohio, where late March and early April, we segue from snow into rain, and uh, hard ground in the mud. <laughs> and that's bad news for me because my dogs go out in the backyard and, whoops, track everything in. But um, it does make the uh, Mayflowers grow. And you know what Mayflowers bring? Pilgrims. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Where is that? Yeah, there you go. <laughs> anyway. It is what it is. But, um, <clears throat> you know, of course, talking about dogs, you know, now MSM is saying that we should, in order to save money, we should kill our dogs and cats. Yeah. Yeah, they're uh, saying that uh, basically we shouldn't be uh, spending money on uh, dangerous and expensive chemotherapy and all this other stuff. And, you know, when, you know, prices are going to be getting more and more expensive and buying expensive dog and cat food and all this other stuff. So your little fuzzy uh, fur children are now expendable in the eyes of the lamestream media, at least MSM, uh, which is 
I'm assuming is the mainstream media, um, or it might be one of the, uh, anyway, just some sick stuff out there. I saw some reports yesterday and I said, you gotta be kidding me. But that's the kind of thing that, um, people are looking at right now because of all the higher prices we're experiencing. And of course, uh, Biden Biden would have you believe it's all Putin's fault. Yeah. Everything is the big bad voodoo daddy, uh, Putin, you know, that's the, always got to have a boogeyman and Putin is the new Baba Yaga. If you uh, have ever seen John Wick, you'll know what I'm talking about. Baba Yaga is Russian for boogeyman. And uh, of course, you know, they're, uh, they're pushing him for everything is his fault now, which is a, a load of crap. You know, we are experiencing what we're experiencing in this country because of Biden and his abomination. And uh, some of the things that are going on just unreal. But uh, I experienced it myself firsthand on, on Saturday. I would, I'd been doing some driving, had to go to a, a funeral about you know, 30 or 40 miles south of me. And on the way back, stopped by Costco because they have the cheapest gas prices in central Ohio that I have seen. And I'm driving a 2014 GMC Sierra pickup with a V6, of course. It's got a really nice Vortec V6, a 4.3 liter, fantastic engine. And um, But heaven forbid if I'd have one of the 6.2 liters in it, <laughs> it would have been bad. But uh, I've got the receipt right here. And I gassed up. I had uh, I was down to three eighths of a tank, so I was just between a, a quarter of a tank and a half a tank. So I wasn't even empty. It took eighteen point three six five gallons. The price was three point eighty three nine for a grand total of drum roll. I don't have a drum roll here, but anyway, seventy dollars and fifty cents. That is the most I have ever put, you know, not not gallon-wise, but definitely dollar-wise. It's the most I have ever put into one tank and one vehicle of mine in history. And uh, came up with a little meme <laughs> to uh, memorialize the uh, occasion. And let me find it here. I think you'll get a kick out of this. I mean, get it open. There we go. If you're sweating while putting gas in your car, feeling sick when paying for it, you've got the car owner's virus. <laughs> okay, I know. Another one. But, um, yeah, the car owner's virus. <laughs> anyway, I know. Cheesy at best. But anyway, it's one of those things, and it's on the Facebook and uh, Telegram channels, in case you want it. But, uh, ah, Unplugged, welcome, and uh, Divine Settler, welcome. Good to see you guys. Those businesses exist as a luxury will be the first ones to feel the pain when people start cutting back. You got that right. You know, all the things that are out there, and we have a lot of those in this country. Um, you know, the massage places and oh movie theaters and you know you name it there's all kinds of things out there you know uh, starbucks that would not bother me one bit they need to fail they need to go down the tube they're a bunch of satanic sobs at least the company is the people working there may not be quite so much but um 
my experience with people working there, a lot of them are too. But anyway, I would not give my money to Starbucks if they were the last place in the world that you could get a cup of burnt coffee. And uh, that's what it is. They over-roast the beans, which gives them their <laughs> signature flavor. Anyway, got no use for them at all. And uh, ever since they got up and said, you know, they're, what's their, uh, I can't even remember the dude's name. But anyway, he got up and said, if you're not in favor of homosexual marriage, then you take your money and invest it elsewhere. And I took him at his word and did just that. I never invested in Starbucks, but I have not bought a cup of coffee there since and uh, will not. Won't darken the door of the place. And what makes me mad is when I see all the Christians, so-called Christians, coming to church on Sunday mornings carrying a cup from guess where? Starbucks. You know, it's unbelievable. And the last church I was at, I was managing the website, and I actually put up a, uh, um, a post on the website, just a picture that said, dump Starbucks, <laughs> and explained the whole thing. And lo and behold, the secretary came to me and said, the pastor wants you to take that down. And I think she was lying through her teeth as usual. Uh, she was later caught embezzling. <laughs> but she told me that uh, the pastor, well, I don't think he'd even seen it. Uh, her husband was working at Starbucks, and he got his nose out of joint about it. And she came to me and lied and said, he and the pastor wants it down. And it was just her and her husband. But uh, at least I think that's the case. But, you know, it's just disgusting that uh, the people in this country, the left will do everything they can to attack anything that they consider the enemy, conservative efforts. They will boycott. They will make sure that nobody shops there. They'll block the door to the store so no one can go in. But on the other hand, the so-called conservative Christian right, they've got their little vices. And regardless of how bad those, the people running those vices are, they won't give them up. You know, they buy their stuff at Starbucks, they shop at Target, another satanic company, um, all these things. And there's more and more of them out there every single day, and conservatives will gladly spend dollars at all of them and support them, even though they are at, those companies are actively engaging in things that are diametrically opposed to the conservative Christian beliefs these people claim to have. But are they going to give up their Starbucks? No. And, <laughs> well, I'll tell you what. There's a message in there that would preach all day long. And probably by the time the preaching was over, the auditorium would be empty. <laughs> but anyway, you know, that's just uh, one of the things that just got my craw here lately. Um, it's It's disgusting. But yeah, there's a lot of businesses out there that are going to go down the tubes. Um, and I hate to say it, but, you know, even longevity is feeling the pinch. Something that should be considered one of the last things to go. Unfortunately, many people are, they, you know, they don't realize how heavily these things are linked to their actually their actual health and survival. Right now, people should be buying more longevity stuff. They should be stocking up. And putting it away for the rainy day that is coming when the truckers aren't running completely and you cannot, you can order products all day long, but they never come because there's no one to deliver them. And that day is coming, mark my words. And when that happens, the people that have put stuff aside 
put things back for the rainy day are the folks that are going to be in much better shape. And the people that didn't, not so much. Anyway, just a word of warning, a word of advice. Um, I'm buying extra and keeping extra back. You know, I, you know, if, if things get bad, um, I will not be in a position where I can continue on uh, with the same, you know, protocols that I do now. But I will at least have enough on hand that I can ration things and make them stretch, which is pretty much what was done in the Great Depression and other times in our lives uh, in our country's history. And the thing is, is years ago, you know, even in the, you know, as late as the 40s and 50s, especially people in the rural environments, you know, if you lived on a farm, you were always, every season, taking a portion of what you grew and putting it as putting it back. They call putting it up. And it was, you know, they were canning and preserving things and they had a, a root cellar or whatever you want to call it. But you could go downstairs and the walls would be lined with just boards, you know, shelving covered with mason jars of beans and corn. And they would even can meat. Um, you would have beef and pork and chicken and turkey in canned jars. Because they knew, you know, this this year's crop is next year's dinner table, basically. And if there was a failure, it was also next year's, you know, income. And if uh, if those things failed and you didn't have stuff put aside, you were in a world of hurt. And good luck trying to find somebody who was going to support you and, and keep you going because they're all in the same boat. You've got to be self-reliant, self-sufficient. And the same thing is going to be dramatically true here in the near future when the crap hits the fan and people are out there looking around trying to find food and uh, they go to somebody's house or knock on a door and if they don't get shot at before they show up at the door, uh, they're going to be turned away empty-handed. You know, just go look at some of the, there's some movies out there um, the road is one that I got a kick out of and I get a kick out of, but I found it very, very interesting. Uh, it's just called the road. And, um, it was a low key movie, but it, you know, the story behind it, you know, was crash of society kind of thing. And a father and son who are trying to, uh, um, survive basically, uh, the mother, was so distraught that she left the house and committed suicide. As I recall at the beginning of the show, she just could not handle the fact or the thought of not being able to go to the grocery store anytime she wanted. And, um, the cupboards were bare. I guess she didn't want to see her family starve to death or whatnot. But the, but the big thing, you know, she just one night just walked out of the house and stuck a gun to her head. And, uh, from that point on, the father and son were on their own, and they were just walking on the road, and the things they came across during that time. Pretty, pretty interesting stuff. Um, you can probably find it on your, you know, if you've got cable or satellite, do a search for it. You can probably find it. Uh, it may actually be on uh, YouTube or something, too. You know, you never know. But just uh, just do a search for The Road, and you'll find it. It's pretty interesting. 
paints a very graphic and dismal picture of what we could be looking at in the future if things get as bad as they have the potential to do. Yeah. <laughs> Unplug says we're in quite a quandary. Yeah, buddy. Um, most don't have enough to the land to grow on. Yeah. If you've, you know, if you have a house, you know, if you've got a backyard, you've got enough land that you can grow stuff for yourself and your family. The trouble is, is most people don't know how to do that anymore. And agenda uh, 20, yeah, agenda 21 and uh, stack and pack housing prevents most from growing their own food. That's true. You know, if you're living in, uh, you know, anything, you know, if you're in a suburb area, you probably, you got enough land you could grow on. I know people that live in suburbs that have chickens, um, which is rather interesting, but, um, I've, I've known folks to do that. Um, you know, if you live farther out, you know, like myself, we've got a little over five acres and, um, we have an acre of trees in the back, which uh, one of the neighbors has erected a uh, tree stand in one of my trees that they think it, they thought it was on one of the other people's property or something. They didn't know where the property line was. I don't care. Uh, I just had a little fun with them. Say, hey, you know, you got that thing in my tree? I don't want that up there. <laughs> oh, no, is that yours? <laughs> yeah, I said, like, don't worry about it. Um, but, uh, Yeah. You know, the people that are out and about, especially if you're outside the outer belt, you know, if you live around a big city, you know what I mean? The outer belt is the uh, um, freeway that circles the city. And, of course, on the inside of the freeway they have put up and even on the outside, too. In most cases, I know they have here in the Columbus area, uh, they've put up these great big con concrete sound barriers, they call them, which are really places, you know, it's designed to keep... Uh, the people in the city, in the city, and the people out of the city, out of the city. And literally, the only place there's a gap in those things is where a main thoroughfare crosses over top of the um, uh, outer belt and goes in and out of the city. And when the crap hits the fan, you can bet that those things will have barbed wire put across them. They'll have a, a Humvee with a, a 50 cal sitting on it, you know, pointing towards the city. You know, everybody that's in stays in kind of thing. At least for the couple of weeks until all this, you know, the burning stopped, the looting stopped. And then anybody who's still left alive, they'll make announcements, you know, put down your guns and come out. And we'll take you to the camp where we have food and medicine and all that kind of stuff. And if you believe that, <laughs> I've got some oceanfront property in Arizona I'd love to talk to you about. Um, it's not going to be nice. You know, and that's the kind of potential that we've got right now, especially with everything Biden Biden's doing, forcing... Uh, uh, Putin and everything he's doing, you know, this whole thing was a setup. And unfortunately, Putin walked right into that little bear trap known as Ukraine. And unfortunately, you know, he's going to pay the price, and so are many others. Um, I don't fault the guy at all for what he's doing, though. He was pushed into it. And um, we'll see here. <laughs> yeah, more and more apartment complexes are being built around here. Yeah, buddy apartments and housing that's right on top of each other drives me crazy. I look at all the new housing developments going up and if there's 15 to 20 feet between the houses, it's, you know, it's getting small, closer and closer and closer. You know, I, my first house was in a development like that. And I think there was less than 20 feet between my house and the next door neighbors. It was unbelievable. 
I think our property lines had like a seven, seven foot easement type thing, not really an easement, but basically your building had to be at least seven feet from the property line. So if both of them were, that means you got 14 feet between buildings. <laughs> Good grief. Right now, my closest neighbor is probably 250 to 300 feet away. And that's way too close as far as I'm concerned. Um, you now, each of these houses are here on at least five acres, and but they're long, narrow lots for the most part. And uh, still, you know, we're, we're spread out. But um, and people out here tend to be a little bit more, you know, self-contained, I guess you could say. Most people have vegetable gardens and stuff like that. And um, I've got, uh, you know, heirloom seeds stored and all kinds of stuff where we can we can grow our garden. We have uh, uh, fertilizer made on the on the property daily. And we call it equine gold uh, that the horses churn out and uh, that kind of thing but you know you just have to uh, learn how to do these things and i have you know i haven't done as much learning as i would like but i have the books handy that teach me how to do this stuff if i have to i've got all the foxfire books and um, survival guides from the military and all that kind of stuff so uh, you know it's one of those things that yeah, if you have to learn while you're doing, that's one thing. It's better to know it already. And we've got a group of folks around here that some are in both cases, you know. So hopefully we can work together. Yeah, my first, you know, Unplugged says my first house, I could get on my roof and practically straddle to my neighbor's roof. <laughs> Ooh, uh, I will have to choose wisely when growing my garden this year. Yeah. And like I said, you know, I've been investing in storable foods and things like that and, you know, precious metals, gold, silver, brass, blue steel, uh, lead, if you get my drift. And, uh, you know, gold and silver will not be worth much at all. At the very beginning, it'll have some value. And at the end, it'll have some value as things start to come back. But in the middle, not so much. That's where the other ones come in handy. So we'll be back in three minutes with the next section of today's edition of Your DIY Health here on the Truth Frequency Radio Network. We'll be right back. You're listening to the Truth Frequency Radio Network. No hate. No hype. No, 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 no fear. Turn on your TV and all you ever see is ask your doctor if it's right for you and me. So when you ask your doctor, what do you think he'll say? Of course it's right, you dummy. Let's get you hooked on it today. Wake up, you're being screwed. Pharmaceutical drug guys can be so rude. They don't care if you live or you die, long as they get their piece of pie. Mm, And welcome back to the second segment of today's edition of Your DIY Health here on the Truth Frequency Radio Network. And uh, during the break, I was checking some email, and lo and behold, we got a precious metal shortage on its way. (laughs) It says ammo shortages are about to get much worse. 
yeah, those precious metals, brass and lead and zinc and tin and <laughs> those kind of things. Starts out, says, uh, the great American ammo shortage is about to get a whole lot worse. If you think the nationwide ammo shortage we've seen at the big box firearms retailers and local gun shows are bad, it's about to get a whole lot worse. The Russian invasion of Ukraine, as well as the crippling economy and skyrocketing inflation rates, have gun owners hoarding all the ammo they can get. According to Ammo.com, some parts of the country have seen as much as a 750% increase in ammo sales in the last few weeks. Gun owners across America are frustrated about the challenges they face in finding the ammo they need the help, to help out American gun owners. Veteran survival gunsmith and best-selling author Ken Jacobs. <laughs> of course, there's always a solution to the problem. Just announced that he has given away 500 copies of his brand new book called Ammo Independence. And it goes on and on how you can get this book. But um, there's always a problem and there's always some brilliant young entrepreneur who is going to find out a solution to that problem and figure out a way to get rich over it. <laughs> yeah. Until everybody's in the same boat. And the only way to get more ammo is to take it off of someone who has no longer any earthly need for it, which uh, I've got enough that'll last uh, until I reach that point. Um, but, and heaven help anyone who tries to come and claim it before that time. Anyway, um, yeah. <laughs> Let's see, I have to choose why I'm not being too subtle. <laughs> but anyway, yeah, it's, uh, it's going to get interesting. Um, things are cruising right along to a, uh, a big, uh, letdown. I think, um, it just, the stuff that's going on right now is pretty freaking wild. And of course I got my, uh, late latest, uh, email from Jason Hansen, the former CIA officer talking about his favorite ways to carry in the summertime <laughs> and all kinds of other things that are going on. But um, some good information there and some other stuff that, you know, not so much. But, um, you know, it, it is nice, uh, you know, it sometimes be on some of these email lists just because they have some ideas that you may not think of all the, you know, all, all the time on your own. Um, hmm. Uh, I have to check into that. Um Anyway, there's all kinds of stuff going on. And like I said, you know, everybody's looking at the um, situation in Ukraine because everybody, they, you know, everybody was getting ticked off about, uh, you know, even, even the Democrat, the blue states are starting to shift their positions on the jabs and COVID in general and all this other stuff. So, you know, just like a boa constrictor or an anaconda or a python, you know, constrictor type snakes, the way they kill their prey is they wrap their, you know, strong muscular bodies around the prey and begin to squeeze. And every so often, they will let up a little bit. And the prey thinks that it's 
you know, might get a chance and it, you know, releases its muscles a little bit. And then of course the snake squeezes more and pretty soon they have squeezed all the air out of the uh, prey and it suffocates. That's what's going on here. You know, we've got the government and the people that are controlling things, the Schwabs and uh, Soroses and whatnot, pulling the strings of people like Obama and Biden and the rest. And just when it looks like there's going to be some pushback from the people, they ease up a little bit. And then the people think that, well, maybe it's going to be okay and we're going back to normal. And then the next push is on, squeezes on, and it gets tighter yet. And pretty soon, you're down to the point where you have no no freedoms, no liberties left, and the people that want to be in charge are in charge. And uh, that's how we ended up shifting gears from COVID to Ukraine. And now they've got another COVID variant coming out, BA2, or BA2, or BA times 2, which is BA Bah. specifically for the sheeple. Yeah, they're rubbing it in our faces. Bah, too. <laughs> un real what they're doing. And then, of course, they've got their little uh, um, mouthpiece, you know, Dr. Death Fauci, who's the biggest mass murderer in world history, um, between all the people he killed with AZT and AIDS, and now all the people he's going to kill with his little uh, created alleged virus and the toxic bioweapons they're calling vaccines, um, millions and millions of people will die at this man's hands, indirectly or directly, however you look at it. You know, his, don't, and let's not forget his uh, uh, bogus um, hospital protocols you know, featuring remdesivir, the most deadly drug in the uh, uh, 19 or 2018, 2019 uh, Ebola trials in Africa killed 53.1% of everybody it was given to far more than the other drugs, which were down in the 30 percentile range, which they were deadly too. And one of them being re um, uh, monoclonal antibodies, um, Regeneron by name, yeah, and that's one of the things that they're trying to, oh, we got to get Regeneron for all these people. They need their monoclonal antibodies. Well, guess what? In that Ebola trial, they killed 33%. One of every three people that were given those things died. And that's the big answer to the problem. <laughs> I don't think so. You know, natural stuff is the answer. You can do just fine if you have COVID, any version, any variant, with natural stuff. I did, several other people have, and haven't had any problem at all. I was talking to my barber on Friday, and he was telling me about all the people that he knew or people that came into his shop that had had these injections, and they not one of them were doing good. They all had big growths under their arms or, you know, blood clots everywhere, all kinds of things. And then he tells me how he got COVID, and he went and uh, he had a bunch of, uh, he has horses and stuff, so he had some uh, ivermectin paste handy, apple-flavored, <laughs> and he used it. And I said, well, you know, just make sure that if you've got a stock of the old stuff, keep that on hand, because I purpose personally believe that the companies that make the horse paste have uh, changed the flavor. The box still says apple flavor, 
but it ain't. And I feel sorry for the horses because they're getting stuck, you know, having to get their dewormer that's going to taste like absolute crap because, you know, the company's changed the flavoring on this stuff to keep American, you know, uh, humans from getting it and using it. And now the poor horses, they said, don't taste like no apple to me. <laughs> it tastes like a road apple, but not a real one. <laughs> you know, that's what's going to be happening now come springtime. You start warming your horses. They're, you know, I've, I've seen as we've done ours in the past, they're always, you know, you know, you see them, you know, licking and stuff because you stick it in the corner of their mouth where they can't, you can't keep you from putting it in. And they're licking and licking and licking. And now they're going to be <laughs> poor things. I feel sorry for them. All because the companies out there didn't want people taking horse paste. You know, something that worked. You know, they had to keep the drug the same, but they made it taste really, really bad. Because the last couple of people I gave it to, they said, man, this stuff was so bad I couldn't even, you know, choke it down. I said, well, you got two choices. Either choke it down or, you know, figure out a solution other than going to the hospital because there they will kill you. Anyway, yeah, great articles on Ukraine and the COVID scam. <laughs> Lots of that stuff. Uh, I've been reading what I consider to be great articles from Unz Review at unz.com. Check that out. Haven't even heard of it. Um, but yeah, there's a lot of weird stuff going on. Just uh, this is something that, you know, I really like Greg Reese with InfoWars, and he's he does a good job of reporting and researching and stuff. And uh, he recently put one out um, on bioweapons, I think is uh, worth giving a listen to. We've got enough time during this segment to do it, so I'm going to go ahead and play that for you now. The first nation to successfully weaponize and mass produce deadly pathogens was Great Britain during the start of World War II, soon followed by the United States, Germany, France, and Japan. While many nations mass produced them, Japan was notorious for deploying biological weapons, killing almost a half a million Chinese soldiers and civilians in several military campaigns, including the 1940 bombing of Ningbo, China, when Japan's secret bioweapons unit 731 dropped ceramic bombs full of living fleas carrying the bubonic plague. German pharmaceutical company IG Farben Bayer conducted fatal human experiments on prisoners and killed over a million people with its cyanide-based Zyklon B. The U.S. established their own bioweapons program at Fort Detrick, Maryland in 1942, and by the end of the war, brand new facilities were completed for mass production of anthrax and other bioweapons. After the war, the directors of IG Farben were punished at the Nuremberg trials, but the scientists were secretly absorbed into America's bioweapons program. Japan was planning to attack the city of San Diego, California with weaponized plague, but they surrendered three weeks prior to the scheduled attack. And while Japanese researchers arrested by Soviet forces were tried for war crimes, those captured by the United States were secretly given immunity in exchange for working with the U.S. bioweapons team. Long after World War II, the U.S. bioweapons program continued to expand with the help of Japanese and German war criminals. 
1969, U.S. government officially terminated their offensive biological weapons program, continuing on with a defensive biological weapons program, which was nothing more than a change of language ahead of the Biological Weapons Convention in 1972. The U.S. would continue to experiment with and produce deadly pathogens, but now under the guise of defense, and mostly defense against Russia. Of all the nations involved in bioweapons research, Russia factors in very little. The U.S. government claims that the Soviet Union had the biggest bioweapons program in history, but this is based solely on a mysterious 1979 anthrax leak and low testimony to the U.S. bioweapons program and who has helped the U.S. surround Russia with dangerous bioweapons labs. Russia is now releasing confiscated documents of the work that was being conducted in the NATO-backed biolabs they have secured in Ukraine. These labs were alleged people and experimenting with ways of spreading pathogens via bats, apes, lice, and fleas, like the work Japan's Unit 731 was doing before being secretly brought into the U.S. Meanwhile, Bill Gates is currently allowed to release hundreds of millions of genetically modified mosquitoes within the United States as some sort of disease control experiment. You can say what you want about Vladimir Putin in Russia, but they aren't the ones waging war against the people of the West. That would be the world e Putin responded by only targeting a few known criminals of the Great Reset Cabal, as if sending a message to the Americans that we share the same enemies, whereas the global elites are working towards destroying the nation-states, Russia is reinventing the nation-state. Russia hopes to be the world's biggest producer of organic farming while the globalists are pushing for genetically modified foods, bugs, and synthetic meat. The globalists are actively destroying the family down to the mother's womb, while Russia seeks to build a society based on family and Christian values. The Russian government provides fallout shelters for the civilian population to potentially survive a nuclear war and the U.S. government has absolutely nothing for the people. We are on our own, but FEMA reminds us to remain socially distanced while our government robs us blind and starts a nuclear war. Reporting for InfoWars, this is Greg Reese. Yeah. Is Russia provides fallout shelters for their people. Here in America, those things have all been shut down. They've all been cleaned out. Nothing left. We're on our own. And the sad thing is, is the powers that be, all the, the so-called intelligentsia, the wealthy, you know, they all have their own most of them are islands way, way out in the middle of nowhere or in New Zealand or someplace like that, highly unlikely to be attacked 
or feel the uh, ramifications of a nuclear war on the main continents. But the people, we're pretty much on our own. If you don't have your own ability to uh, withstand all the crap that's going to be coming, don't look to government to take care of you, that's for sure. But like I said, Putin, he's provided for his folks. They've got fallout shelters and they got all kinds of things. You know, we won't be allowed into the vast underground cities that are, exist in this country for the military and the uh, government and all that kind of stuff. Um, I don't know if it's online or not. I've got uh, recordings of every show that Jesse Ventura did back on, I forget, I think it was True TV uh, several years ago. Around 2011, 2012, he was doing a uh, series. Um, I think it was called Jesse Vendor. I recorded every episode. And he had one thing where he got in, I think it was in Arkansas. They snuck into one of these underground cities. And there were roads down underneath this place that were just huge that you could literally drive, um, you know, semis all over, you know, 18-wheelers with huge trailers and everything all over this place and have plenty of room to maneuver. Every single one I have a military guard shack out front the entrance to them when the time comes. And I'm there, and they snuck in and drove around, took pictures and everything, and nobody said anything to them. They didn't know they were in there. And um, that's the kind of labyrinth of uh, survival stuff that the intelligentsia of this country have. But uh, the little guys, they'll be kept out of it. You won't be allowed into those things when the time comes. Uh, even though there's probably enough room for everybody, they're not going to do it. Uh, it's for the people that are on the list. <laughs> As George Carlin said, it's a great big club, and you you ain't in it. <laughs> Neither was he. And uh, so if you're not able to fend for yourself, uh, things aren't going to go so well. Just something to keep in mind. But anyway, um, let's see what all is going in the news. And uh, unplugged, if you've got a link for that new Space Busters video on Ivermectin, if you got a, uh, if you can throw that somewhere, either on Telegram or in the uh, chat room there, that would be great. So let's see here. Baby uh, Cyrus is back home. If you've been at all watching that, uh, Cyrus is a little, I think, six to ten month old baby that um, I don't know the entire story there in uh, Idaho. I think it was where um, the mother and father, you know, basically the baby had, you know, had some kind of a you know runny nose and whatnot, and mom made the mistake of taking him to the doctor, and they were supposed to have a follow up visit, and mom wasn't feeling that great that day, so she called and canceled the uh, appointment, and this jackass doctor immediately calls CPS. That's a dude that needs to be slapped upside the head with a two by four but he calls cps and of course cps and their gestapo tactics you know kick the door in and you know i don't not not literally but they basically show up and take the baby away from the mom and of course the baby is uh, breastfeeding and so now his source of nutrition is gone and um 
it's such a dangerous thing that they don't take them to the hospital. They just put them into the foster care system, which is typical, and babies tend to disappear in those places. And luckily, the family starts going berserk, and uh, the father of the young of of the mom, uh, grandpa, starts really getting on things, and he gets the lieutenant governor of Iowa and or Idaho involved. And thank goodness she was willing to uh, do something about it. The governor, on the other hand, who had the legal authority to determine where that baby was going to be placed, uh, he refused to get involved. And the lieutenant governor didn't have that same authority because the law specifically names the governor. And so the only thing she could do is make as many waves as she could. And ultimately, um, the baby was put back in the care of mom and dad as of the end of the weekend, but um, only because they agreed to massive oversight by the um, the government who could come in and t- steal him again at any time if they don't like one little nitty-bitty thing that is going on. So at least at this point, um, little baby is back home where he belongs. But this is what happens when you think you're doing everything right, you're being a law-abiding citizen, and then it comes back to bite you. And that's why I have said for as long as I've been on the air, uh, seven years now, that the best thing you can do if you're considering having a family Number one is get on the 90 essential nutrients, both mom and dad, for at least six months before you try to conceive. And before that, if you get married, get married without a marriage license. You don't need a marriage license. There's no law that says you have to have one. If they did, it would be unconstitutional. You don't have to have a marriage license. And that's what gives the state control over your marriage and the offspring from that marriage. So number one, get married without a marriage license. Number two, get on the 90 essential nutrients appropriate for body weight up to at least six months prior to conception. And that will make your uh, gestation period very, very smooth and uneventful. You won't have the preeclampsia, the gestational diabetes, and all the other junk that women seem to have in this day and age because they're so malnourished they can hardly... Um, produce a baby without having physical problems themselves because their body is taking all the nutrients to try and put together a healthy baby. And in many cases, they can't do it, which is why you have miscarriages, you know, early term miscarriages. That's when they normally happen. It's only since these stupid uh, COVID injections that you have the late time, late term, not, they're not really uh, miscarriages, it's a spontaneous abortion. Now, when you have it during the first trimester, that's that's a lack of nutrition. When you have it uh, during the last trimester, that's a lack of intelligence because you were stupid enough to allow your idiot doctor into talking talking into taking one of those toxic jabs, and it killed your baby. So don't do that. <laughs> but the thing is, is if you get on the nutrition first, you won't have to go to the doctor. You know, you'll know if you're pregnant. <laughs> Trust me. You know. You won't have to have some idiot in a white coat with a stethoscope around his neck telling you, yeah, you're going to have a baby. You'll know. And the thing is, this is a natural occurrence that has happened billions and billions of times in the course of history. And only within the last less than 100 years has a doctor have to be involved in it. You know, I don't know how women survived, you know, out on the prairie 
when the only person there to help birth a baby was, you know, either the husband or maybe a wife or a, uh, a woman from an, uh, another farm you know, 10 miles away who came over to help out. They didn't have doctors. And lo and behold, most of the kids were born with no problems and life goes on. You know, it's not something that's rocket science. Everybody makes it out. You know, doctors will purposely perpetuate the the myth that, oh, you got to have your baby in a hospital under, you know, very rigorous, uh, sterile situations. That's all a bunch of crap. You know, <laughs> animals give birth in dirty barns. Our savior was born <laughs> in a barn, so to speak, and he survived. Imagine that. You know, the stuff that goes on in this day and age with the disinformation out of the medical community, their hypocrisy literally has no bounds. And people have to realize that these things that are supposedly, you know, deep, dark secrets and have, you got to have the, the, you know, the, the um, education of the white coats and all this stuff. That's a bunch of crap. Like I said, this was natural. You know, imagine the first couple who ever had a baby, you know, Adam and Eve. But after that, you know, people were having babies left and right. And you didn't have doctors back then. And we're out of time again. My goodness. <laughs> it's the top of the hour break. We'll be back in three minutes with more your DIY health and my rants. And uh, stick with us. We'll be right back. Welcome back to our number two of today's edition of Your DIY Health here on the Truth Frequency Radio Network. And before the break, we were talking about um, having babies <laughs> and the fact that people have been having babies for as long as this planet's been circling, going around. And it was only the last hundred years or less that people had to go to the hospital to have their babies. Somehow or another, the vast majority of, of human beings born on this planet in its history were born at home without a medical professional nearby. Many times it was just the husband, possibly a woman from a neighboring house or community, or maybe even a midwife. But doctors, not so much. And it was only during, you know, it was during World War II when all the men were off fighting battles, so they weren't in the in the at home in the factories injuring themselves and requiring medical treatment, that the doctors were running out of money, 
and they figure, well, you got to come up with something so we can keep our income going. And what they do, oh, you know, it's important that a woman be uh, diagnosed. <laughs> yeah, pregnancy now has to be diagnosed. It's a disease. <laughs> you got to be told by your doctor that you're officially pregnant or you're not. And uh, then you have to have regular checkups. And then, of course, when the baby is born, it must be done in a sterile environment in the hospital at the hands of a qualified physician, Dr. Huffenbuff, <laughs> and, or, you know, you're going to have problems, complications, as they call them. And, uh, you know, that has been the line of the American Murder Association for, you know, since the 1940s. And it wasn't about having healthy babies. It was about keeping the doctor financially healthy. So, you know, that's why I keep saying, you know, don't get a marriage license. Get on the 90 essential nutrients before, I, you know, six months prior to, uh, just, uh, to conception. And then stay on them, mom, during the entire gestation period. And you and baby will do just fine. You won't have any of the normal problems that people now have because they're so malnourished. And uh, then the baby won't have any, you know, complications or uh, issues. And then you'll be able to have a healthy birth at home, you know, with just you and your husband or a midwife. And then do not get a birth certificate. Do not go through the enumeration at birth program with the Social Security Administration. Let the child decide when he becomes an adult whether he wants to get into the social slavery system. You know, make a, a, a entry in the family Bible. You know, things, you know, may be a little uncomfortable for them in the future, you know, without a so-called state thing saying they're alive. But the fact that they exist is proof that, yes, I was born and that's all you need. And then during the time they're growing up, you teach them how to live within that system. And they can decide if they want to step into slavery when they turn 18 or not. And better yet, get them a copy of uh, Roger Sales' book, uh, America, uh, um, Sovereign to Surf, the uh, Government by the Deception and Treachery, Treachery and Deception of Words. Uh, which is a great book that tells you how you can uh, officially notate your national status and not be a citizen slave, but a free national of this country. Anyway, um, it's a uh, it's a process that most people have no clue about. But I try and tell young people, especially in the childbearing years, you know, this is the way you should look at it. At least give it some consideration. You know, of course, all your family are going to look at you like you're crazy and you have three eyes because I, I went to the hospital to have you. Well, why? Because you were told to. You know, that's the thing. A free person knows what he and she knows is true. A slave or a citizen, they're synonymous terms, simply believes and acts upon whatever he or she is told. And the question is, which are you? Are you free or slave? There's only two positions, one or the other. There's no middle road. 
if you're free, act like it. When someone tells you something, question them. Oh, really? And what information do you have to base what you just told me on? I'm not just going to swallow it hook, line, and sinker because you told me to. And that's the problem. Too many people do exactly that, which is why everybody's running around with face diapers on their face. And, uh, you know, now we're up to whatever it is, the fourth or fifth variant, the ba to. <laughs> ba, ba. They're just throwing it in our face. And the vast majority of the generally dumb public, Bubus Americanus, the sheeple, have no clue that they're being laughed at by Fauci and company. Yeah, we're still going to, and there, there's a whole bunch more out there that will willingly roll up their sleeve when they say we need booster number 16. You know, I saw a thing here that um, German lawmakers are pushing for mandatory shots and blaming the uninjected for continued COVID-19 restrictions. No, the people that are complying are the ones that are guilty, the ones that are uh, at fault for the continued restrictions. If everyone would have stood up and collectively said, absolutely no freaking way will we do any of this stuff, it would have been over before it got started. You cannot comply your way out of tyranny. The only way is to stand and say no. And because the vast majority of the generally dumb public tried to comply their way out, they are getting nothing but more and more and more. Governments only go one direction. They're not going to reverse what they have done to you. They are not, once they have taken your rights, they're not going to give them back willingly. They must be taken back or you'll never have them again. Get that through your heads. Global deep state could be planning a false flag attack on Biden when he travels to Europe. That wouldn't surprise me a bit. You know, I'm surprised they haven't tried to enact the 25th Amendment on him yet. Trouble is, if they do, <laughs> what are they going to replace him with? A dingbat Harris? She is just unreal. She's a national treasure, where treasure means embarrassment. Uh, that woman should never be allowed outside the, the bounds of this country. Have you seen the most recent thing she was talking about? I can't even remember what it was, but she just, you know, that woman is malignant dumb. That's all there is to it. And how she got to where she is now, it's definitely not by any sense of the imagination, intelligence, and ability. Well, some abilities, but not the kind that you're thinking. <laughs> Maybe you are thinking. I don't know. Bloody secret revealed. Blood of unborn cows used to create lab-grown meat. Oh, wonderful. Just what I want. I'll stick with the uh, farm-grown, farm field-nurtured good stuff. CDC removes one in four child deaths caused by covid <laughs> essentially admitting it overinflated the numbers in the first place. They weren't caused by COVID. They might have been caused by the injections. I don't think there's any children that have actually died from COVID. There's kids that had multiple comorbidities like cancer and other things 
And then, of course, when they died, they, you know, gave them a stuck a thing up their nose and uh, ran a test at 65 cycles and said, oh, yeah, this is it's COVID positive. So it's a COVID death. Bull crap. Kid died from cancer or whatever the other cases were. But I don't think there's any real child deaths from COVID. And the way, you know, this whole thing has been a huge fraud from this. And it all starts with those stupid PCR tests. Moderna patented DNA sequence and COVID virus several years before pandemic that earned them billions in vaccine sales. Of course. Here we go. I like this person. Nurse activists, healthcare workers who supported COVID-19 hospital policy should stand trial for deaths they enabled. Definitely. You know, everybody in the chain from the very bottom person all the way to the very top should stand trial with absolutely no one getting off. You know, like Nuremberg, you had the guards that would stand trial and be hung, but the doctors and the other high-ranking people, they were secretly shuffled into Project Paperclip and issued, you know, snuck into the United States where they could start working for the U.S. government to continue their disgusting atrocities. It's the little guy that pays the price. Anyway, a veteran nurse in the United Kingdom is calling for all nurses, doctors, and other healthcare workers who supported the Wuhan coronavirus pandemic policies of their employers to be tried and convicted for the deaths that they enabled. You know, not by any stretch of the imagination should the people above them get off. They should all be in line. But Kate uh, Shemirani, 56, is a 36-year veteran nurse from the United Kingdom who has been called Britain's most dangerous woman and notorious anti-vaxxer for her anti-vaccine activism and health freedom advocacies. Sounds like a well-informed lady. Because of her activism, uh, Shemirani has been targeted by the British government and lamestream media. Last year, she lost her license to practice nursing over uh, some of her COVID-19 claims. She was later targeted in lawsuits because she organized multiple anti-COVID-19 lockdown protests, (laughs) doing what she has a right to do, protected by uh, whatever rules they have in Britain, but that doesn't matter. Just because there's laws saying that you have free speech doesn't mean you really do. Nuremberg-style trials are coming for medical professionals, and hopefully not just the medical professionals. During an appearance on the Dr. Jane Ruby show, Shemirani talked the people, or talked the people she called nurses that stayed, or the healthcare workers who blindly supported the COVID-19 protocols, of the hospitals, even though those policies regularly led to the deaths of patients. And that's the thing. You know, people that are working in the, you know, patient care in the hospitals, that are working the floors and the rooms, they see this happening over and over and over again. And when the vast majority of people under your care die using the protocols you're using, you have to at some point realize that either the protocols are wrong and deadly and that you're participating in mass murder, or you need to realize that you need to step aside and get out of this stuff. And the trouble is, most of them did it for the paycheck. They were just following orders. Now, these are ways of making you do what you're supposed to do. 
Dr. Jane Ruby mentioned how hospital systems all over the United States have suspended or fired employees who would not get injected and have forcibly put patients on the CDC death protocol by giving them the toxic drug remdesivir. Shemarani uh, pointed out that in the UK, nurses like her are accountable for their actions under the Code of Professional Conduct. Same is true here in, all, in the world, in the U.S. So if you do nothing, you're also accountable in a court of law, and ignorance is no excuse in a court of law, she said. Yeah. Shemarani then pointed out that during the Nuremberg trials held after World War II, the excuse by Nazi doctors that they were just following orders was not accepted. And same thing for the guards. But guess what? The courts weren't as corrupt then as they are now. You can't even get this information before a court. You know, Reiner Fulmich in uh, Germany an attorney there who was licensed practice in Germany and California, interesting combination. Um, he has been working on Nuremberg 2.0 stuff for as long as COVID's been around, just about. He's been in conducting interviews and all that kind of stuff uh, for the last couple of years. And in uh, late February, actually hosted a program called the Grand Jury Court of, Com uh, Court of uh, uh, Public Opinion. Because they could not get a court, a real court, to actually look at this stuff. Because they're also corrupt and compromised. So they decided to utilize the model of the United States grand jury and present the information, uh, recording it and making it available to the world for free, you know, through, um, you know, online sources where basically people, and that's our job now, folks is to get these things and share them far and wide, which is what I've been doing. I've uh, downloaded them all. I've got copies, and I'm telling everybody I can to go check it out, giving them links. Um, you can go to grand-jury, and it's just a dash-dash, not spelled out, but grand-jury.net. And all the videos are there in English and German. And I highly encourage people to get those things, watch them, and share the links with everybody you know. Because that's what has to be done. Since the regular courts won't look at it, the court of public opinion has to take over. We have to get educated. We have to find out what the experts are saying about this stuff. And we need to get up in arms. We need to start yelling at all the people out there, why aren't you uh, court people looking at this? Why are you not bringing charges against these criminals? And that's exactly what Fauci, Gates, Trump, the whole rest of them, everybody who supported these injections, they have either got to be put on the side or under the fire or under the, the microscope where they either come out and say, I was wrong, I was misled, which is what I'm hoping Trump would do. But so far, his freaking ego is so big that there's no way he would ever admit he was mistaken. And because of that, he's pushing these things, saying that they're safe and effective and only the unvaxxed are in the hospitals and everybody needs to take these things. But of course, you have your rights and your freedoms. Yeah, crap on that. As far as I'm concerned, as long as he maintains that position, he needs to be tried right along with Gates and Fauci. I'm not willing to overlook the millions of deaths that are going to happen as a result of his promoting these things. 
because he's the only man that can get us out of this mess. I don't believe that for a second. Not for a second. Anyway, she stated when uh, when those nurses uh, stood trial on their own, Nazi nurses that is, and they were asked why they use experimental drugs on the patients, on the prisoners, their excuses of, I didn't want to upset my boss. I was just doing my job. I had a family to feed at home. It didn't save them from jail, from life in jail, from being hung, and many of them did hang. Yeah, and that's what needs to happen here, too. Far more people are going to die from this mess than from anything else in history. It's going to make Paul Pot and the Chinese leaders, Stalin, Hitler, going to make them look like school kids. Shemarani warned that just as during the Nuremberg trials, these kinds of excuse, uh, excuses healthcare workers may have today for following COVID-19 protocols will not stand. You're going to stand trial, she said, because there is always a paper trail. And if history has taught us one thing, it's that justice will be served one way or another. You know what you're doing is wrong, she continued. Shemarani talked about how many nurses have spoken to her about how they do not believe what uh, they are doing is right, but that they can't refuse to do their jobs because otherwise their economic situations would become precarious. Well, guess what? Tough. Sometimes you're forced to do what's right rather than what's expedient. And what's right is usually much more expensive. I did what was right and ended up leaving my job 11 years early and have the stigma of retiring on a medical uh, discharge or medical uh, whatever you want to call it, not having gone full, you know, you know, the full term, so to speak. And my fellow retirees, I'm sure, kind of look at me and like, he got out early. You know, there's nothing wrong with him. Well, guess what? It is what it is. I left early, and that was the route, the only route that was available. But I wasn't about to continue violating my oath of office when I knew at that point that virtually every order I was given was unconstitutional. And that's why I can't recommend police work to anybody in this day and age, because it's, it's virtually impossible to do your job and adhere to your oath of office and do what the things they're telling you to do. You can't do it. You're going to violate someone's rights the first call you go on. It's next to impossible to avoid that. Well, I got to feed my family. Well, guess what? Become an entrepreneur. Find another way. And that's the whole thing. People are copping out. Oh, I have to do it because I need my job. You know, the military personnel that, you know, they filed a, a religious exemption and it was turned down, well, I guess i got to take the jab then. No, leave the military. Otherwise, you weren't justified in filing for a uh, religious exemption in the first place. A religious exemption says you have convictions that are so strong that you cannot, you will not ever take one of these jabs regardless of what the outcome is. And to sit there and use it as a crutch, says, well, we'll try this and see if it works. And then when it does, and I guess I'll have to roll up my sleeve, that is the height of hypocrisy, and you don't deserve anything more than what you're getting. 
which is probably a death sentence from one of these things. Because there's no doubt in my mind, they were giving the real McCoy to the guys in the military. They're trying to kill off the military. They probably at least drastically reduced the percentage of placebos given. For the same reason they did with the civilian population. If everybody died immediately, uh, people would start to realize there was something wrong. You know, but... They, you know, you think they own you because you signed an enlistment con contract. Guess what? That's not true. Anyway, Shemarani added that more nurses have delighted in their newfound positions of authority and the misplaced trust people have given them during the pandemic. Yeah. When the people that have a soul and a conscience resign, they do the right thing. They quit because they can't be a part of this stuff. The criminals are left they get elevated in position and they just love that stuff so then now they're the head gyrastacutus they're giving the orders and they don't care what they're doing as long as they get to stay in power just like in politics you've abused the public you've abused your patients and you've abused the career many now are terrified of nurses she said and that's the thing uh, prior to this thing one of the most highly respected professions in the world was that of a nurse. Doctors, not so much. But nurses, they held a special position. They were revered by most people. They realized that regardless of what kind of idiot doctor you have, your nurse will stand between him and you and, and be an advocate for you. That's one of the main jobs of a nurse. And in this day and age, they're just following orders. And many are now terrified of them. You definitely will stand trial, that's for certain. And you're likely going to face justice. Whew. Let's see. Uh, we only got two minutes left. We'll wait. Uh, when we come back from the break, we will uh, hear this nurse from her own words on the Dr. Jane Ruby show and see what uh, what she has to say and that kind of thing. But, um, yeah, it's a sad situation. Uh, let's see. The only problem with the ivermectin friend or foe video is the use of the word blank <laughs> at the 8 minute and 42 second mark. So if you bleep it out uh, a couple of seconds, the entire video is excellent. Um, we'll see. I might. Uh, I don't know if I'll have enough time to do, do that or not, but... Uh, Maybe uh, I might play it on my afternoon show today. Uh, should have time at that point to do a little editing. <laughs> but uh, appreciate the link. Gotta go. Keep up the good show. All right, Alan. Sorry, uh, sorry you had to leave early. Take care, man. And uh, hope everything goes well for you today. Stay safe up there in the great white north. You know, I haven't heard lately what's going on with the truckers up there, whether there's still anybody left in Ottawa, or if they've all, you know, been arrested or had their trucks towed or what's going on. I'm, I've lost contact with that bunch, and I haven't heard much about the one in the U.S. You know, last I heard, all they're doing is drive around the outer belt. Um, I'm not sure what that's supposed to accomplish other than messing up traffic and pissing off the public that you're supposed to be, you know, trying to support. Um I think they'd have been better off, honestly, just staying home and parking their rigs. Would have saved them a lot of money and gas. 
you know, like I said, I spent seventy dollars the other day gassing up my pickup. I've seen a buddy of mine came in. Um, he was at a local truck stop lately, and uh, when a guy had just finished up, finished gassing up his uh, big rig, uh, he was talking about how much it costs. And my my buddy went over and snapped a picture of it with his phone, and uh, it was like seven hundred and fifty bucks for one fill up. <laughs> so if you think uh, $70 for a fill up, you know, I was laughing. You know, because because of uh, Hyperverse, I have the funding that I need to do what I got to do here. And uh, but I felt bad for the people that uh, were not in that position that they were gassing up and probably crying like what am I going to do if this keeps going up. Anyway, stick with us and we'll be back in 3 minutes with the fat last segment of today's edition of Your DIY Health here on the Truth Frequency Radio Network. We'll be right back. Welcome back to the last segment of today's edition of Your DIY Health here on the Truth Frequency Radio Network. And uh, we're going to go ahead and listen to the uh, Jane Ruby show with the nurse from England or the UK uh, talking about people being held responsible and tried for what they've done to people in their hospitals. Here we go. We're at the height of corruption the most prolific infiltration of criminal conspiracy in the history of humanity. Power-hungry leaders, out-of-control governments, corporate cabals, and money-soaked turncoats, cash for COVID, and genocidal hospitals. But fear not, we're entering an age of accountability unlike any other. Today, we'll look at the global issue of hospital genocide, those responsible, some thoughts then on how to survive and thrive and a coming day of reckoning. This is the Dr. Jane Ruby show and you're about to enter Truth in Medicine. Shimarani began her nurse training 36 years ago, and she's got a plethora of experience. Following a diagnosis of breast cancer, her life was to change forever. Her research led her away from modern allopathic medicine and a search for answers. Against medical advice, that included a protocol of chemotherapy, radiation, drugs, and surgery, she opted instead for natural therapies. Kate became a personal nutrition advisor for others who are sick. And she claims she successfully treated and reversed their illnesses. She works on radio as a health expert and is known as Britain's most dangerous woman and notorious anti-vaxxer. She's been a leading voice and public figure against the British tyrannical government and the pandemic called COVID. The invincible Kate Shemarani joins me now. 
Kate, it's wonderful to have you on the Dr. Jane Ruby Show. I'm so honored. It's a great honor for me to be on here. And um, you're a very big leading authority in the UK. Um, oh. Very well-known woman now. Oh, well, thank you. Thank you for saying that. I, I do get a lot of uh, communication, a lot of emails uh, in my Proton Mail from from people in the UK, and I'm, I'm really honored, and I, I'm glad that some of it, you know, is helping them. But Kate, I want people to, um, here in the United States, and especially, and globally, uh, we've got a following all over the world on the Stu Peters Network. Um, they may not all know you from the UK or know the extent of, you know, your sacrifices and the things you've accomplished. Tell them a little bit about how you became, you know, known and somewhat famous and somewhat infamous. Well, first of all, before the pandemic, scamdemic, um, I was already um, on local radio uh, for four years, and I was already doing interviews uh, because of this. Following this surgery on day two, signing myself out of the hospital, and then following all natural. So I was already a voice and I just happened to one day on local radio in February 2020 say, you know, this um, virus, there's an inversion in the genome sequence indicative of vector technology. That was all I said. And I would usually get about 5000 views when I live streamed it um, to Facebook and off I went for the day. And at the end of it, there was 50,000 views. Then the next day, 250,000 views. And then when it reached 2 million views, it was it was removed. Um, my phone was ringing constantly and people wanted to interview me on what I'd said. And I didn't believe I'd said anything wrong. I'd just done lots of research, as I always had. And this is what I found, uh, that this wasn't really um, a virus. It, it was in silica modeling. And then I continued to talk about um, how they'd come to the, they hadn't actually um, isolated and purified it. So I couldn't see any evidence of it. And then it was everywhere, absolutely everywhere. So after the radio show, people began to come to me, nurses, doctors, relatives um, of patients, patients themselves. Very quickly, they began to tell me harrowing stories. And all of my social media hit about a million followers very, very quickly. And as they started to tell me their stories, it was, it was horrific. And I realized that murder was afoot. And so I just spoke very boldly about it. And and then the rest is kind of history. I then ended up getting approached, would I MC a rally in Trafalgar Square? I've only spoke to a couple of hundred people normally when I've lectured. And I stood in Trafalgar Square and watched 40,000 people come. Mm. And um, it was that's incredible. Amazing. Yeah, that's uh, amazing. Was, was that recently, I, I, the Trafalgar Square speech? Was that recent? Uh, I did... Uh, August 29th, 2020. Okay. Then I did September 19th, 2020. And that was to see riot police and me, you know, getting out there with special forces. The riot police attacked the people. Um, then I was, uh, I was also outside Parliament where I got chased. It's about three and a half million views on YouTube for that one. <laughs> um, and arrested. And then I um, was also again in Trafalgar Square last year, in, in the summer of last year, and it was enormous, it was incredible, and I emceed again. So the, these have gone on, but we've had many rallies in London with up to a million people on their feet, and I've gone to those rallies, I've spoken at them, yeah. um, I've spoken at events. So I, I pretty much, my, my handle, if you like, was Kate Shimarani Naturalness in a Toxic World. That's mm. what I was known as. So this carried on then, and everywhere I went, and I always wore my pink scrubs, um, 
people started to to come up. It's a great responsibility when people are looking to you as a voice. But of course, that got me in the papers as the is this the most dangerous woman in Britain? Notorious yeah. and, and I want to get into that a little bit. Is it were you approached by your government or any agency from your government uh, and either threatened or told not not to continue or that you you would be uh, arrested or cited? What what happened there? Well, I was arrested and I was detained for 32 hours. Um, I was, my house was uh, entered with an unsigned warrant with my own keys whilst I was in custody. And they took, uh, they, they actually took um, any, any information they wanted that was anti-vax, anti-COVID and anti-5G. I wasn't aware there was any laws against that. Uh, they kept my electronic equipment for six months. Uh, I was given two £10,000 fines. I was then later, uh, I was released without charge. Those charges were dropped. Then I received death threats. I was constantly in the newspapers, misquoted. Uh, My own son was taken, who went to Eton. Mm. uh, And he was taken and did a documentary and he was featured in it speaking about me. That's between him and God is my son. And I don't need to go any further about that. Sure, Sure. that's a tough one. Sure. Uh, you know, uh, I, yeah. But yeah, so I then, in my absence, there was a court case last year um, where I was found guilty, uh, even though it, it should have been adjourned. And I was given uh, three £600 fines, which is interesting, 666. Mm. Um, three, uh, three offences. And um, like I said, constantly putting me in the paper. They uh, printed my, my personal address in the papers. Oh, my, my gosh. daughter uh, So th- this is where it's gone on. And I stood before the Nursing and Midwifery Council, who is where you, in our country, the title of nurse is not protected through Parliament, but a registered nurse is. I stood before the Nursing and Midwifery Council. I actually resigned. I served them all notice of genocide and they broke due process. So my contract with them was broken. So I resigned. But they continued with some Mickey Mouse hearings without me even there and said they struck me off. Yeah. So they called me the former nurse. But I'm a nurse. Yeah, Trained of course. Nurse. Always a nurse. Um, Kate, I want to I want to keep us going here. Um, we only have you for a little bit of time. Um, I guess I want to ask you two questions. Um what do you make of the lockstep nature? I'll tell you what keeps me awake at night. Uh, not just that children are being attacked on every front uh, and our military across many countries, our, our military troops are being decimated. But this it's this really sort of sinisterly magical lockstep. How do any how does any entity get every government, every industry, every airline, every every politician, every how does this happen around the globe? What, what's your, what are your thoughts on that? In, in 2012, we had the Olympics opening ceremony here in, in London. And I would urge everyone to go and watch that ceremony. It's very, very revealing. It covered the NHS. It had children in hospital beds. It had what looked like uh, the virus creeping around the stage and oh. taking the children. You had a big ghoul coming up with what looks like a wand, but it was actually a syringe that he was squirting. Then you had the the nurses all dancing and the doctors. Then you had the nurses acting like robots. Oh, my gosh. And then, yeah, and then we had, it was like a puppet coming out of a bed that looked like Boris Johnson. 
This is so obvious. It's so predicted programming. And also, um, I, I was kind of, my, my ex-husband was in the 9-11 Truth Coalition, so I, I already had a baptism of listening to Alex Jones and reading all these books for a long, long time, which is why we found the treatment that I chose for cancer. So what I see is, is a slow dripping tap and this desensitization of the public. And also, I, I don't hide the fact that I am a Christian and pretty much everything that's happening is written in scripture. And the devil uses prejudice and fear. And yeah. this is absolutely what's being used on the people, prejudice and fear. And this has been a slow degradation of people's integrity and people's discernment. Mm -hmm. And so when I see every country falling in and doing the same thing, I, I don't necessarily see it as falling in. I see it as a very, very well orchestrated plan that has been put in place. And not everybody knows the plan. What is, you know, you don't, in a war, uh, you, not everyone knows the plan in case sure. they're compromised. Sure. So it's like a trickle down. And so people, the other thing is that I found very interesting, uh, What I, the way I, I looked at it was on Amnesty International's site, it was the Red Army that were the most successful with their torture technique, the, the 3Ds, a very simple torture technique, disability, dependency and dread. Mm -hmm. And this has broken people down over several years because, as we know, suicides have exponentially increased. Psychiatric disorders among children, mm -hmm. uh, I believe, have increased 600% in this country. So by keeping everybody in a, st in a state of perpetual anxiety, they don't know what's coming next, people become very accepting and they acquiesce. They acquiesce to anything. That's a very interesting uh, psychological you know, laying that out psychologically, we we yeah. don't pay enough attention to to that. I I don't really buy into the mass psychosis thing. No, uh, from some of these frontline doctors that I, some of them I believe are really running interference for these companies. But that's another topic for another day. Let me ask you about the rallies. Uh, you know, forty thousand, fifty, a hundred thousand. That's incredible. But here's my concern. Where are they going to lead? Just like some, you have one or two, you know, congressmen, senators over here. You probably have the equivalent over there. You know, they're doing their dog. I call them their dog and pony shows. And as I said to one senator recently, uh, who's actually got be very beloved, Dr. or uh, Senator Ron Johnson, uh, I said to him, you know what, uh, Senator, uh, it's still it's th it's still theater until somebody does something, until somebody hauls in the FDA, shuts them down, defunds them, starts to, you know, demand that, you know, that Pfizer come in and show their, their paperwork to them. Uh, you know, otherwise you're just, it's just, it all leads to a donate button to your next election. And of course that ruffled a lot of feathers, but are these rallies going to do anything or result in anything? Is there any good, uh, any moving the needle that's going to come from them? Well, when I first went along to them, it was, um, it was, I, I feel really it was doing some good at the time because it was showing the people that they weren't alone. There were other people thinking exactly what they were thinking. Now, as time's gone on, I see it taking valuable resources from people who've already lost their jobs, mm -hmm. lost their livelihoods, lost their homes. And I see it as a great distraction. And we saw our own uh, Prime Minister, Boris Johnson, uh, who also went to Eton. This is where all these world leaders go. Uh, you know, he was uh, alleged to have had uh, 27 parties whilst other people couldn't see sure. their relatives. the hypocrisy. 
But what actually, uh, and I myself was found guilty of gathering of more than 30, arranging a gathering, which I didn't do anyway. But the point is, you know, whilst that was going on and all of the police, of course, they knew that he was having parties. This mm-hmm. is what's it's an old tactic and they compromise you and then they bring it up later to keep everyone looking over here mm-hmm. whilst they're passing a bill over here. Sure. And um, there has been some um, very interesting laws. We just had another one uh, passed where we have lost the right to protest and you can go to prison for 10 years and it's had its two readings and now it's going to the ascending monarch. So um, yeah. In some ways, I believe that now is not the time to keep going out there walking and using your valuable resources. You've right. Got to start. It's its usefulness. Gonna, right. Yeah. How am I going to survive this? Right. What am I personally um, going to do? Yeah. Um, in, in this last, you know, section, we've got about four minutes. Um, it's just amazing how it goes by so fast with somebody special like you. Um I, I want to I want to get your take as a nurse uh, on I've come out recently in the United States here very vocally against what I call hashtag nurses that stayed. Uh, it's we're now into the second year of this scamdemic, plandemic, whatever you want to call it, and uh, it, it, there's no more room for you know they're they're blind, uh, they're zombies, they're TikTok dancing. You you know and I know as a nurse that you when your patients are dying over and over again from the same protocol, uh, but you stay in a facility that. I feel enables them, uh, that facility to continue. Um, I want to get your, I know you're aware of it. I want to get your take as a fellow nurse and a nursing leader um, about this issue in the hospitals and what, you know, is is the equivalent happening in UK hospitals? I know you have private nursing where, you know, that's a different story here too, because when you're directly one-on-one, you know, those are nurses that love to care for people in their home. I'm talking about nurses that have stayed with these big hospital systems that got rid of everybody, anybody who wouldn't take the jab. And who are now implementing this CDC death protocol of remdesivir and ventilators? Well, first of all, as a registered nurse in this country, you are accountable under your code of professional conduct for your mm-hmm. acts and your omissions. So if you do nothing, you're also accountable in a court of law and ignorance is no excuse in a court of law. And one has to be reminded that at the last Nuremberg trials, the medical trials, There were 900 pages in those medical trials, eight tons of evidence. And when those nurses stood on trial on their own and they were asked why they used experimental drugs on the patients, on the prisoners, um, their excuses of um, I, I didn't want to upset my boss. I was just doing my job. I had a family to feed at home. It didn't save them from jail, from life in jail and from being hung. And many of them did hang. And that's not me saying that. That's under the Rome Statute. So I have heard nurses give interviews and say they know what they're doing is wrong, but they have mortgages to pay. Well, uh, uh, uh-uh-uh, you're going to stand trial because there is always a paper trail. And if history has taught us one thing, it's that justice will be served. And sadly... When you have a gun, it's not the maker of the gun that stands trial. It's not the maker of the bullet that stands trial. It's the one who pulled the trigger, and that is the nurses. And you know what you are doing is wrong. Many of you have told me, many of you have seen it, many of you have delighted in your positions of authority and trust. And you've abused the public, you've abused your patients, and you've abused the career 
which many now are terrified of the nurses. Now, all of this throwing your uniforms over uh, because you didn't want to take this experimental, untested, unlicensed, uninsured injection Mm -hmm. because you saw the evidence of what it did to both your colleagues and patients that were coming in. You didn't want to take it. Well, Sajid Javid, our health minister, gave them a stay of execution, uh, to, to use that as a phrase. They kept their jobs, but he's going to be going to the regulators, which is also owned by the government, the Nursing and Midwifery Council. But what does that mean? It means you saw it, you did nothing, and you are still there. So what about the next pandemic or the next boosters? Are you going to be administering those? And now you're following diktat coming from high up. You are not advocating for your patients because many of you have told me in intensive care, they know that the patients that are vented or being vented when they shouldn't be, and those patients are dying, but they're, they're saying nothing because they're frightened of losing their jobs. Well, you definitely will stand trial in the next life. That's for certain. Yeah. And you're likely going to face justice in this one. So I think it's appalling, absolutely appalling. You have a duty to always advocate for your patient. It's in your code. It's also in the seven principles of public life, um, the Nolan principles on the government website. And you are in a very privileged position that you yes. should follow these. And and people should look that up, the seven principles of public life, the Nolan principles. Very so well said. N- yep, very nurse- well said, Kate. Yep. Yeah, that have that have done this. You deserve to stand trial. Yes, and absolutely. The morphine. Our government purchased all of the metazolam from France, and during Insane. the first three, the three months of lockdown, the sales of of medazolam rose in this country. And where was that medazolam used in the care homes? Where were the majority of the deaths in the care homes? Our elderly, which it's is criminal. Society yep. is meant to protect. Yep. We're murdered. We're absolutely, murdered. absolutely clearly premeditated murder. Kate Shamarani, yeah, I want to thank you so much for being with us. We're out of time today, um, but I, I want you to come back. We have so much more to talk about. We're going to stay. Okay, I'm going to stop it right there. But uh, the last thing they were talking about was midazolam. And a lot of people don't realize that that's one of the drugs that's routinely used in the. Um, um, lethal injections for executing prisoners and that drug was bought up and utilized in nursing homes care facilities to basically kill elderly patients and of course when someone dies like that it's all it was their time um they never almost never have an autopsy you don't even do a toxicology on them and uh, they were given a a, a kill dose of midazolam and morphine, which basically just stops your breathing. Um, it paralyzes you. And that was used, I'm sure it's been used here in the U.S. as well. It wouldn't surprise me at all. Um, but I know in the U.K. it was definitely used on a regular basis. And lots and lots of people who probably weren't even sick were given injections of this stuff just to kill them. And then they were labeled as COVID patients. Just an absolutely criminal situation that she's right. People are going to pay for, you know, the word is, you know, the truth is going to come out, which is what Reiner Fulmich and the people he's been working with, all the experts. And he's had um, 
everything from uh, historians to morticians. Excuse me, I'm just trying to clear my throat here. You know, people that are involved in uh, embalming the dead, and they're finding monstrous blood clots, especially in the lower extremities that they've never seen before. And it's a result of these uh, injections. It's the only thing they can see that's making it, that's causing it. And there's so much going on here. And the, the testimony has just been phenomenal. Um, again, if you haven't uh, had a chance to check it out, I highly recommend you go to um, grand-jury.net. And I'm putting it in the chat room. And it's also going to be uh, within seconds. It'll be on the Telegram channel again. Uh, I keep posting it because that way people can find it without having to scroll up hours and hours and hours. But um, grand-jury.net is where you can find all of the testimony from the uh, Grand Jury Court of Public Opinion. And day one is February 26th, eugenics. Oh, excuse me, that's the beginning. And that's, that's the beginning. Um Let's see, where was it? Live stream. February 5th was opening statements. Two hours, two and a half hours roughly of just opening statements. What they're going to show. February 12th, general historical and geopolitical backdrop of all of this. How the British uh, Empire has been trying to rule the world and still is. They still look at the United States as one as their, you know, their colony. And when you look at the um, the uh, Treaty of Paris, which is the treaty that ended the American Revolution, it sh says that King George is the prince of the United States. So Thomas Jefferson, Ben Franklin, and I think it was John Adams, I can't remember for sure, I believe those three were the three attorneys who were there on behalf of the United States who basically kept us as a British colony. And people don't realize that. But anyway, that's day, you know, the second day is, is basically just historical stuff. Then on day thir uh, February 13th is all about the PCR test. It's about five hours worth of testimony. February 19th is about the injections. Again, five and a half hours of testimony. February 20th, financial destruction, what all the lockdowns and the face diapers and all the other uh, draconian measures have caused worldwide. And then eugenics and the closing arguments and out where we're going from here on February 26th. Just a phenomenal, you know, I've watched almost every minute of these uh, this testimony and it's been one expert after the next, just been phenomenal stuff. And I encourage you to get it, look at it and share it. Uh, we are down to about the last 15 seconds now. We're going to be seeing the music here shortly, so I will say uh, we'll be back Thursday, uh, two days from now, same bat time, same bat channel. Uh, take care of your bodies because it's the only place you have to live, and try to remain humbly grateful and not grumbly hateful. We'll be back uh, in an hour on Neurofolk Radio Network. You can find out about that on the uh, website under the Radio Shows tab. And one way or another, we'll see you soon. Take care and God bless you.